can truly say, woo, sigh, sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. I had a lot of, this was past year was a, a year of change. Um, rest in power to my father, Clifton Shine Baxter. Big ups to my gangster sister and her health crisis and all of us getting COVID and not dying. Here's a look back to what a year. From donkeys donking to dragons going to cars to dragging the cowboys and other side-eye shade. Here's to the best of 2022 on Tenfro is reading. And here's to those most listened to segments. Thank y'all for listening. And here's to the next 100,000 downloads. What it do, what it do. I'm going live today on Tenfro Has Her Daddy's Records, and I'm your host. This is Tenfro, y'all. I'm sitting, it's a really nice, cool fall day here in uh, Tennessee. I get to just be. Um, I am excited about the opportunity to share my father's records with as many people as possible. Um, I just basically got um, the majority of his records are with me now in Tennessee. Um, And this, today's mix is essentially a hodgepodge of some of the greatest hits from the early uh, 80s and 90s and even 2000s snuck in and who basically sang it better. You're all I need to get by. Did Aretha sing it or Denise Williams and uh, Marvin or Johnny Mathis sing it better? So I'm just gonna get right to it because we got 88 minutes of some of the best music on the planet. And I'm just really glad that you guys are with me and gonna join me um, in today's in today's uh, hit list. And I hope you are listening to this wherever you listen to podcasts or if you're just driving down the road and you understand the passion of our, that my father had with R&B. Here we go. The right stuff. Vanessa Williams, y'all. Oops. Backstage, back in the room, me. Then got something that shows tell security. It was a hotel heartbreak. Y'all should see me doing the WAP as I am sitting here. Um, I am freely doing the WAP. Um, I just got finished listening to um, Any Heartbreak by one of my favorite groups of all time, New Edition. This is with the Johnny Gill version. I think Bobby Brown had already left. Um, This is another episode of Ten Fro Wants Her Daddy's Records, and I hope you're enjoying this ride time home. I'm absolutely enjoying creating a playlist 
not on just AMP as well as on um, iTunes because my father left a massive, massive uh, library of vinyl that I wish I had a sync license and I could be able to share with you in duplicate. But the songs that I'm actually just got finished singing or just listening to maybe want to do the running man. Well, more like chair bob um, and cabbage patch in my seat because I got a bad knee. But I hope you enjoyed this next half. Uh, follow up by the Commodores, Billy Ocean, and Stevie Wonder. And if there is a song that you want or a list of songs that you want to actually add to my library, navigate to Tim Froh's Reading on iTunes as well as drop me a line at timfroisreading at gmail.com. Um, drop some of your craziest club stories. Um, as well as um, suggestions for um, inclusion in the list and for the show on AMP. I'm going to start doing this show um, the top of the week just to get people moving because the weekends can be too short, but the start of the week can be too long. So enjoy Night Shift by the Commodores. because the greatest love of all is happening to me yes i am singing off cue to one of the greatest r&b pop singers of at all times miss whitney houston i'm up to greatest love of all and i'm rounding out this episode of i want my daddy's records by you're all i need to get by um who did it better Marvin, Mary J, and Method Man. I think my money's going to have to be on them. Or Denise Williams or Aretha. I'm going to start off with Aretha, and I'm going to let y'all just hit me up in the comment section or shoot me an email. Because, as usual, all of these um, albums and songs, I remember certain things, and it just makes me feel great um, to be able to listen and share this music with the listening audience. So, um... Just let me know what you guys think. Um, if you were not able to tune into the show, there is no auto-save and playback um, component to AMP, but you can go to my iTunes playlist and listen to the songs, download and stream at will. Um, and it's what a great way to you know, spend your time listening to music in your car, on your porch, wherever you listen to music. So, <clears throat> so I'm spending a late breakfast, early lunch period eating my gyros and watching Love and Hip Hop Miami. And also fighting my dog over this shit gyro because Ethel is acting like a greedy little dog that she is. But she keeps though with her ears up and her eyes being hydrated, standing on the back of my couch barking at me for my food. But I wanted to end this episode, or part of the episode, with what do Johnny Mathis, Denise Williams, Patty Austin, James Ingram, oops, maybe not, wait a minute, I got all off, y'all, Mary J. Blige, Method Man, Aretha Franklin, uh, Marvin Gaye, Patty Terrell, Tammy Terrell, all have in common, they all did a rendition of You're All I Need to Get By. Um, and I think, I want to say, 
I love them all, but I think I really can groove to the most Meth and Mary J's rendition. Um, more updated, has a more driving beat. The remix, it's like the remix of the remix of the remix. So I dig it. I hope that you will navigate to my 10th row. Um, I want my daddy's records playlist on iTunes for those songs, as well as many, many more. If you miss my amp live show um, that from Monday. Music has a way of taking you and elevating you and just make you forget things. And I think my father understood that more than anything. As I'm dealing with his death in my own way, I feel that I have this connection with him basically through his the music and he left behind so much music i sat in that garage with a fan blowing dust around and feeling that he had a very eclectic taste in music a lot of the artists i did not recognize However, I feel that it would be a disservice to him because I'm looking at hundreds of thousands, like thousands of maybe a thousand dollars or so worth of records just by number. If I if he if I sold each one of them for a dollar, I would have a thousand dollars. It would be a disservice to him to just get rid of his records. So for all of the records that we don't, for whatever reason, we, um, my half brother doesn't take, I'm gonna have to do the honor and I'll keep them, I'll store them. I mean, they meant something to him. And I think by me reintroducing them to the world, the world will be able to enjoy the music just like I do. And I think that's why, even though all of the members of this next group that I'm going to talk about were not brothers, the Levert, which is another R&B group, the two of Eddie Levert and Gerald Levert were brothers. Um, but... It was obvious that my dad loved music. I mean, the DJ equipment, he kept it till everything basically got ate up by bugs or whatever, but I wish we could have had or been friends enough or I could have trusted him enough to basically share my own love of music. My beat doing the research for groups like this, um, I did not know, finding out things that I did not know and rediscovering music that I used to bop to as a kid and also finding the same music and get hopefully they'll get their Skrilla when I get this sync license so I can enjoy it with you guys too. Until then, you can navigate to my playlist, I Want My Daddy's Records and stream these um, to number one, just like they Dream Mariah Carey's um, All I Want for Christmas to number one every year. But Levert basically started 
back in 58. They were known as the mascots and the triumphs. Then they started um, and then the miracles, not of the Smokey Robinson fame. They their debut album coming through was released uh, and got hit the first um, on the Billboard Hot 100. Frankie Little joined the group in the 60s. He worked as a songwriter and as a guitarist. And I found out his remains, he disappeared in 1982. Um, and they didn't discover, it took a, a forensic anthropologist to figure out who he was, probably by also DNA. Oh, this was recent, this was last year. In 2021, uh, blunt force trauma, stab wounds, and there his murder is still um, open. Um, I love this group because there's certain songs that I'd forgotten that they uh, had were were basically um, this group's claim to fame and, and beyond. They actually are still touring. They're playing tonight at the Orpheus in Memphis. This is one time that I wish I, wish I did live in Memphis because I think I'm missing so much great music and the um, Made in Memphis studios is there. Um, I've been bopping to Love Train. People are on the world, join hands and start Love Train. And then, um, backstabbers and then for the love of money they would go on and top the charts back even as soon as 2004 they get inducted into the uh, 2005 rock and roll of um, fame I'm going to have to watch the Fighting Temptations from 2003, of course, because Beyonce is in it, but they also were in that movie too. They also they have a co oh, there was a copyright violation when the Canadian industry minister Jim Prentice used the song without the group's permission, so he had to come up off the cash. 2009, they got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, that, I'm going to have to find that. I'll probably, if I'm going to actually look up that performance um, from 2009 when Tevin Campbell, Trey Songs, Tyrese, and Johnny Gill uh perform a medley of their songs. That, I bet that was amazing. There was a 2008 fire where a lot of their masters were destroyed. And they, the list goes on and on. Their awards are many. What is this? Used to be, used to be my girl. Used to be my girl. They got a whole bunch of gold hits. Um, 
message in the music emotionally yours family reunion for the love of money a lot of these songs uh, have played on reality tv shows they've gotten platinum status um including copies of ship ahoy family reunion identify yourself and so full of love i just think this group even with Levert, this group is just one of uh, probably one of the most prolific and successful groups uh, from uh, the R&B um, era. And it, they have the bops, which would make their songs so danceable. And I can understand why any DJ worth his snuff would actually play this music. So. With that said, oh, Eddie Vert kind of old too. He's like almost 80. Look out for him. But I'm just saying, again, their music elevates your soul and you can't help but. So you may notice that I'm trying to sort through all of these groups. And you will notice that I added Harold and the Blue Notes. No, it appears that. None of these mugs are related, but I added them because if you don't know me by now is on not only on Daddy's Records uh, playlist, but I also added it to my father's uh, funeral or memorial service playlist. But I did find that they, like the OJs, are a part of that R&B sound uh, out of Philadelphia because they had some of the same songwriters. But also, Teddy Pendergrass is probably, I did not know, he was brought on as a drummer for the group back in 1970 before he went, um, see, um, had an explosive career as a um, solo artist. And that's why I included them. And they also remade uh, Thelma Houston, Don't Leave Me This Way. Uh, I will probably be adding that to um, the playlist, too. And we also remember uh, Teddy Pendergrass's joy after he almost his life was almost ended by a car accident back in 1982. Joy, joy be here with you. Won't you hear with me? Oh, definitely adding that. And he also performed in the Live Aid concert in 85. (coughs) Although none of these guys are, are, um, They don't they don't perform together anymore. They all the group as well as Teddy Pendergrass um, are a chosen family and they made it to the list because it is obvious that my father also admired them. So let me go ahead and add that right quick. Joy. Joy do 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 do. Won't you hear me? Teddy Pendergrass. Oops, there you go. There we go. 
add to playlists. I want my daddy's records. I already got um, Harold and the Blue Notes on that, as well as. Let's see. Wake up, everybody. Dun, 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 dun. They did that one too. I didn't know that. They also. Uh, rounded out. They basically uh, alternated members of the group. Oh, and Pendergrass actually died. Wait a minute. How did he die? I thought he died of like pneumonia. Yep, he died of respiratory failure. He survived colon cancer and, and respiratory failure um, took him out. Um, their hits have been re-recorded by the likes of David Ruff, and I think he was at Temptations. Simply Red, Jimmy Somerville, Sybil, The Three Degrees, and John Legend. Wow. And then Sean Blockers featuring Gucci Man. Oh, that's funny. I miss you. <laughs> and Big Boy used that too. Every like everything is never really new. It's just a remix of the greats. And people seem to have an ear for the remixes. So I find that um, rich. You know what I mean? So what what song was I looking up, y'all? I was actually looking up the remix for Thelma Houston, Don't Leave Me This Way. Let me see which one they have. Don't leave me this way. Let's see. On Apple, they have... It looks like everybody, um, including the communards, and but let's see what how this one sounds by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Let's see who I like better. I don't think I like that one. This does have that really vibey um, groove that you would expect from Harold, Melvin, and the Blue Notes. So I'll add that one. I don't think I even like any of the remixes from Thelma Houston, but I don't know. Maybe I'm holding something against that lady. But anyways, going on to probably one of the biggest... Um, groups um, ever the Jacksons and I added those and I don't think I can really add anything that anybody would ever know 
um, or ever experience, you know, through either listening to any biographies, the books, uh, I mean, who doesn't know the Jacksons? Who doesn't know that Michael Jackson is probably one of the greatest entertainer or is the greatest entertainer to ever live? He had his issues. And I, I just think that starting at the age of five, performing, uh, being signed with Motown, being groomed by Diana Ross and Barry Gordy, he couldn't help but to be great. And the abuse basically propelled him um, to greatness. I just, it's just mind boggling. If he had not been beaten to the top, how much longer would he have lived? Because even though he was the greatest entertainer ever, this is Michael Jackson that is, how far he would have lived longer. He would not have had insomnia. He would have not had to get general anesthesia just to go to sleep. I realize that I'm looking at the Off the Wall album, uh, which I have an original pressing from, by the way, y'all, from 79. Had every, it's almost like every last one of these songs went to number one. Followed up by Thriller. Again, I have an original pressing, but I don't have the original jacket because my aunt couldn't save it. Thank you very much, Aunt Vern. But it's just amazing. His output, his valuation of his music catalog, which he basically uh, mortgaged for like a billion dollars before he died. I just think his music at different stages represents some of the greatest music ever made in R&B. I wonder if he had lived and changed the collaborations later in life with like Chris Brown and Usher. Oh my God, it would have, I can't, I can't even imagine y'all. I just, I'm just blown away. Even what's his name? Justin Timberlake, even Bieber, if he had lived long enough and his collaboration with those stars, his musicality basically influenced them positively. And how much further could his influence have been? I mean, every boy band is influenced. The the um, the plan or the pattern was based on the Jackson Five. I just okay, the Jackson Five, the Jacks. They went from the Jacksons to the Jack, from Jackson Five to the Jackson. Tweedledee, tutu. Tweet lee lee, 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 tweet baby, tweet baby. Okay, even I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. I want you back. And of course, ABC. I mean, come on. 
I want you back. I've so I have had the pleasure of sitting most of this wonderful Monday recording my podcast just in time. I hope I'm going to get it in time to publish tomorrow. But I came up with the outline for publishing it because I refused to watch the news today. It was just so all depressing. I did have a good time because I was confused about the winning streak of the Cowboys. How can this Opie Taylor, yes, I'm dating myself, Andy Griffith, why? And I think Ron Howard is like in the 70s now, but go figure. Why is this Opie Taylor looking mug leading my Cowboys to the best season in the last maybe five or six years. Because I remember the last time there was a quarterback controversy. That's how Dak Prescott got his job and Tony Romo lost his job. And before he got his job, uh, Troy Aikman had some injuries and Tony Romo was the backup quarterback. So why are we now back to using second and third screen quarterbacks, saving the day and creating problems? I just bought, well, let me stop mine. I bought my Dak Prescott gear um, a number of years ago. And I was just so happy with him and Zeke. Um, and before he went off of his meds. Oh, what was that other? Uh, one, his name actually escapes me because as soon as he left the Cowboys, I hung up the jersey and he basically went down into Instagram history for saying dumb shit on Instagram. So I don't think I'm going to be buying any gear from this dude um, just because I am a Dak Prescott fan. I will be buying gear i hope he doesn't get hurt after i buy this jersey because then i will be highly upset and i'm gonna have to actually um look up this dude i need to get me some demarcus lawrence on um Light and Vander Esch has been up there for a minute. Michael Parsons. I'm just so happy and just so proud of the defense uh, for this 2022 state. Um, I might have to get a bigger uh, Zeke jersey because I've kind of expanded vert uh, horizontally. But the season ex itself is exciting. Um, I don't foresee myself flying back to Dallas or even to go up to FedEx Station, FedEx Station, FedEx Stadium to watch a game um, because number one, I'm, I don't feel comfortable getting on an airplane and, and it's still too kind of far away uh, for me to drive. I mean, this 11 and 12 hour trips that I'm taking to um, Virginia is almost trying to kill a sister, but every I go back, come back home every two to three weeks, so it's no big. I think 
Although I just realized I'm going to be coming back to Virginia like in November anyways. Um, and I wasn't planning on being here. I was for the premiere. I wanted to go see the premiere of uh, Wakanda forever. But I think if I do this right, I may actually just be come back and it'll be my last time during the winter um, to come back home like during Thanksgiving like spend the week of Thanksgiving here and then bounce back and go back um, to Tennessee and then spend the rest of the season like Christmas um, in at home um, trying to get somebody to actually get my um, light show together uh, for the Christmas season it was fun and it was dramatic last year but I wanted to be just as lit literally this past year but I say all of that to say is life doesn't always go as planned, but you can never stop making plans. And just like the season, although the season is winning, I don't think everybody was expecting us to have these type of games with a third string quarterback. But at the same time, we're still winning and I'm still here for it. But no, am I going to buy, I don't even know this dude's name. I don't think I'm going to buy his gear. I'm just going to make some arrangements on the uh, update, my Cowboys gear, even for my dog and keep it pushing. Um, I'm just glad that I'm actually having so much fun. I'm actually, I think being back here also in Virginia, they have, even though it's on Fox, they actually are playing more of the Cowboys, um, the Cowboys, because I think of player haterism um, on the local stations here more so than when I'm at home anyways. So if I get to watch it uh, on a great widescreen LG TV, flat screen, I'm cool with it. But I'm just very confused. We have, it appears that we're gonna have another uh, quarterback controversy just like we have had in the last three or four primetime quarterbacks in the last several years. But what makes me mad is Dak Prescott as a marquee quarterback has the shortest run um, of any of them because I always keep at the back of my mind. Jerry Jones is and like most of them, are low-key racist. And he, I don't think he will hesitate to sit Dak Prescott's butt down um, because he believed in Tony Romo for years in spite of his lack of getting us even to the playoffs and definitely no Super Bowls. Same thing with Troy Aikman, um, but you best believe he will sit his black ass down uh, in light of the fact of this white boy coming up and showing out and winning games because that's all he seems to be pressed about when they said that he should have replaced Tony Romo years ago he was still hesitant he was very hesitant of getting Dak Prescott the multi-million dollar uh, contract in spite of his stats 
but he seemed to give preference to all the little white players. I'm just saying, keep that in the back of your mind. I almost, I don't want to be on some hotel uh, conspiracy-ish, but that's how I feel. And that's what makes me so mad that this guy, he's getting all these minutes, but he's still winning games. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see them win, lose, but dang. Watch what I say. I'm going to call this one. I honestly think if he continues to perform as well as he has been and putting up the numbers, I don't think Dak Prescott is going to come back. And that is will hurt my heart. Shortest marquee quarterback in the league. He had a very short run, and he's getting ready to. It feels like kind of he's getting ready to be replaced by Opie Taylor point two, 2.0. And that puts the fear, and I'm very fearful for him. And on to another episode of Black Professional and Middle Age. Dating and no lay songs over here. Um, I did not write any of these. I just put this out um, into the atmosphere about what is going on out there. One, you got to actually like people and try to make an effort to actually go out since I hardly want to go outside to, into my yard. I know this isn't about me. Number one, I've been gainfully employed for the last four years, maybe three, almost three, almost four years. Some days it feels like that's even questionable, but I don't rent, I actually own, and I have two cars. And I some of these things I just don't get. Um, so here we go. This came in from someone that goes by Demon Queen Freya. As the title says, I got a job and entitled boyfriend doesn't like it. From being without a job and broke as fuck, thinking of how I will manage rent and other bills this month, I decided to get a job to help me and drop out of university. I don't like my subject anymore. I hate it now. <laughs> I got a job in retail. The manager was nice to me and liked that I wasn't a middle-aged woman, but instead a 21-year-old girl with past work experience once I got the job. Oh, that's just such ageism. We actually are really hard workers, but we also are very stuck in our ways, but that's just me editorializing. Once I got the job, I texted my boyfriend and, it, and he didn't reply. I thought that he was maybe sleeping at the moment, so he didn't bother, so I didn't bother him anymore. I called my mom to tell her. First job I got myself without anyone's help, she was happy. Everyone was happy. Now I realize how young this sounds. Okay. Everyone was happy besides my boyfriend. Once I got back to our place, I saw him in bed playing games on his laptop, of course. I got the job. Boyfriend shows me to fuck off with hands. Me, okay. I crawled next to him in bed to look what he's playing and tried to talk to him. I get ignored. I started crying because he knew that I needed a job and even wished good luck when I left to go to the interview. I was literally crying right next to him. I don't understand why you're living with this girl, but you're 21, so you wouldn't know. But he ignored he gets ignored again later he calmed down and then to his mind only got the fact that i was working full-time not part-time uh we've been talking 
about it for four months straight. He got pissed off, calmed down around 20 minutes later. Then he asked the work times. I told him from 10 to 7.30 p. He got mad again, this time even more, started saying, how could you do this and et cetera. And in the end, he was saying, I will be toxic to you for the next week and maybe even break up with you. I was just standing there and lost control from anger. Me, you are really going to leave me because I needed a job boyfriend yes since you will be working so long me it's a freaking almost eight hour shift boyfriend it would be from eight to five then it would be better me it's almost the same amount of hours besides you only wake up classes when I go and literally wake you up well I'm still mad this is the dude okay so stupid this back and forth I am not going to read because it's so stupid he knew that I had money problems seriously, but didn't like me working at all. So I told him back then that he should buy food for me sometimes to save me money. He bought it twice. And since I said it, it was five months ago. So doesn't want to pay for anything and then gets mad when you get a job because you're broke. Okay. Not much entitled, but he's a brat. I started dating him to get over someone else. Oh, yeah, this is a rebound, dude. that all of you are telling me to dump him, XD. Once I got home after work, he was telling his friend very loudly what a bitch I was. So yeah, I dumped him after that. I'm going to enjoy myself with some revenge. Might post that later. Oh, that's hilarious. This is such a young person's thing, and I'm glad it was from a while ago because only people that are young would put up with such nonsense. And plus, who's going to stay in your space if you ain't paying, be allowed to stay in my space if you ain't paying no bills? I think I'm going to say this is one thing. When you are middle age, dating is very problematic because, and even working for some places, because you can't take a hit or you can't take um, some of this emotional detritus like you could when you were actually young and uh, could put up with a lot of stuff and you can rebound faster. I just know I don't rebound faster. I'm not going to really tolerate. We're going to have to come have some concrete boundaries when it comes to my space and my finances and other and my personal time because I am at a point in my life where things are pretty much, they're kind of rigid, but I can bend, but I usually don't like to because if it's if I don't feel that it's worth it. Why change if it's not working for you? Why change if it's not counterproductive? Um, I'm I'm known to be risk averse, so I'm not going to do a whole bunch of shenanigans that could actually do bodily harm, could actually put a dent in my uh, account, or could get me fired from a job that I halfway like doing most days. Um, so, no, nah, I'm good. I like being able to pay for my bills and not have to worry about a lot of things. This also puts, it also is a good segue into the next part of this. So this next part is me 
just reminiscing about this is also from someone else because I said I hardly go outside so I'm not dating but this is confessions of uh, middle-aged dating relaxed about romance I think I, I got a kick out of this some of the um, comments are also hilarious I'm posting here because I had I had an epiphany about dating at my age 47 i've been seeing someone new and we're going away this weekend for the first time we haven't been intimate yet and are still getting to know each other i should be totally freaked out this is by dating over 40. i'm gonna have to join this group just to follow her join <laughs> um we haven't been intimate yet blah 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 I should be totally freaking out, but I'm not. I shave my legs, pluck my eyebrows, all the things that I don't do. That's me editorializing, y'all. Did all that girly stuff, but after trying on some uncomfortable lacy lingerie, I bought just in case. It hit me. I don't want to do this fake crap anymore. I'm just not a lacy, silky person. I'm a clean, cotton, soft, comfy person. I'm going to Maine, I believe. I'm not wearing stuff I don't ordinarily wear to, to, to seduce someone. I'm not drastically changing my appearance or behavior anymore. I want him to see me. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to be me. Oops. <laughs> I'm not wearing stuff I don't ordinarily wear to seduce anyone. I'm not drastically changing my appearance or behavior anymore. I want him to see me and get to know me. Maybe it's a sign of maturity. Maybe it's a sign that I'm already comfortable with this guy. Either way, I thought I'd share. And the comments are this, this is freaking awesome. I choose to be and can reconsider that choice daily. This is a boss ass statement. I'm gonna have to up, look, update that. Pretty sound advice, can't stand people in general who aren't true to, them, to themselves. So, that's all I got to say about that. She said it all. Um, I have a feeling that this is a female and this is someone that is boss and is true to themselves. I mean, isn't it all about, I'm doing that in therapy now where I'm exploring why I think and decide things and respond the way that I do. Um, some of it is past experiences, past traumas make you decide in who you are and what you can actually tolerate now. I am really in tune to that and I'm always exploring other ways to expand who I am and who I am becoming because even though I'm pretty set in my ways, I know I'm working daily to become a better iteration of myself. And if I were to date, I hope that I would actually feel confident enough to be me without having to do a whole bunch of body modifications and facial modifications. It's even so much more how even if I were have to interview, how I would need to present myself on Zoom. I would have to practice putting on makeup, but why? Because I don't wear makeup on a daily basis. I only wear makeup, I only wear makeup on a yearly basis, so there. But this is someone that not only is are they planning to be intimate with someone, they also know that they're just gonna bring clean, comfy, probably partially new cotton wear 
and they can get with it or go beyond it. If you expected someone to be able to, to wear that crap back in the day, then you should have met me back in the day. I may have worn it. Um, and now that I can't afford it, it doesn't fit well and it's not comfortable. And I know this because I have my own experience. That whole read actually was actually really good. And it is one of those things that people, that if you're dating at this age or you're working at this age or you're um, in trying to have a relationship, you have to know what the boundaries are and being able to say no, kick rocks, or I'm wearing my comfortable flannel uh, pajama bottoms and don't give a F t-shirt. That's the way how I roll. What about you? What do you guys think? Most of the men I met weren't expecting much beyond an empathy machine. One long single guy. One lone single guy opened our date with, I realized I, I, realized I, I was so excited to meet you because you haven't been divorced. So you're not broken like the rest of us. Um, no, I was widowed and in my own kind of fresh hell, but I wasn't yet disillusioned. I had a long marriage to a good man to whom I'd still be married if he hadn't died. I assume the men I met were like me, perhaps sad and lonely, looking for love, hopeful they would find a good woman, but they weren't. They acted as they already knew nothing was going to work out. They were entrenched in their past and had little to offer except weariness. Most implied, <coughs> I was going to have to change to suit them. No making extra effort to come to my suburban town. They didn't seem, even seem to want sex so much as they demanded I listen to their woes. Why the undercurrent of hostility? I hadn't even had a chance to mess up yet. Then I finally realized these guys were living in the past stewing in their prior partner's alleged faults, which often looked a lot like exacting revenge. I'm gonna skip down. The word I kept hearing was pay. They kept saying no one paid enough, which I took to mean emotionally, but my days described financially because men are generally more comfortable discussing monetary rather than emotional costs. I finally realized they didn't care who I was because they never saw me. They saw only the past women who disappointed them and they weren't about to let that happen again. Not the ex-wife who got the house and the dog, nor the hottie who got the, him to pay for everything, nor the mature woman who didn't do enough for them. I hear these men's stories and I wonder, what's the woman's side? I guess the guy vilifying his ex-wife for being demanding during their marriage wasn't emotionally present for her. Or I imagine that the much younger woman he was complaining about finally started to make reasonable demands of her own. Or the last woman who dumped him got tired of his coming over and bringing nothing, not love or shred of empathy or even a dessert. Dating felt like an exercise in revenge. Whatever happened and had in the past, these men, guys weren't going to let it happen again and I better damn well know it. So they were super busy and I better be available on command. They offer coming to their house that night and hanging out watching movies as a second date. They picked expensive restaurants and ordered high-end wines without checking with me. Mansplain over dinner, then sit afterwards, oh yeah, we're splitting this. It all felt like a power struggle. 
but I was so polite back then. I'd be pleasant, proffer my credit card when asked and never see them again. They'd be surprised, but then they never knew me. I too became disillusioned. I start putting men in categories soon after meeting them. This guy is one of those, I've been fucked over by women types. This man is one of the dog trainer who wants someone to jump when he calls. This cowboy boot wearer is one of the aging Lotharios who wants easy sex, but tries to make it sound like an exercise and personal growth. One of the reasons I fell in, my, fell in love with my current partner is because he had a sense of wonder. He asked me lots of questions about myself. He read everything out there I'd written. He was so happy every time he saw me, like getting together was something he'd been really looking forward to. I was a brand new person, not the reincarnation of failures past. I mean, that one sentence basically says it all. It's as, as if she basically verbalized what I've been too scared to admit to myself. I don't want to go through any of this. The dog trainer dudes, someone sizing me up against what they had before or society or just getting some really messed up MFers that think I'm supposed to fix them. I'm just too lazy. I don't feel like doing any of that. But you won't know unless you get out there. And I'm just basically here to tell you, I'm just really not all that interested in getting out there because these people are crazy. If these women, if you have to do this, go through the effort and you get these fools, what if I'm just good by myself? I'm actually having a lot of fun being by myself because I don't want to go through that, not, that nonsense. And I don't want to be in a relationship or have companionship that much that I'm absolutely able to not settle because that's what how it would feel and i want to basically tell these the to the cowboy boot wearer to the crazy dick imposed cars to somebody that wants their mama or a jump off um to the toxically jaded i think that is the perfect description this is her answers, because she said, well, well, thanks, I'm leaving now. No, I don't want to hear about the fifth woman who trashed your faith and love. Okay, gotta go. It's been over an hour, and I know all about your ex-wife's spending habits, but you haven't asked me one question about myself. And besides, bruh, I got my own bank account, and I got the spending in check. My credit is over 700. I ain't got time for that bullshit. If someone is spending your time, oh, no, I don't want to come over. I just met you and that's creepy and you may be the black Jeffrey Dahmer. If someone is spending your time explaining how pissed off or devastated he is by other woman, you deserve someone who is present, who's loved this life. And as we're learning, it's more finite than we thought. And it's interesting being you and being with you and your experience. It being with you is a new and improved experience and it is gonna be a new adventure. That's who you should be focused on and not focused on someone that is stuck in, on stupid and living in the past and that is toxically jaded. 
from the first couple of sentences when they just continue to talk about past relationships for the first 10 minutes of the day, that is a definite stop sign that you need to give them one of those explanations why you fitting to get up from the table and bounce. You don't need to waste your time on the toxically jaded. So I'm taking this unprecedented step of using my first break as I go home uh, from my stay in Virginia. I come away thankful and grateful for the support of my family and for them just allowing me to be a freaking weirdo. Um, but I have a lot of stuff to do. I would just like to, and I always, it's so funny. I, I just would like to continue to produce content that people want to continue um, to listen to and I'm grateful for all of the downloads and new listeners um, one day I'll have the credibility hopefully of a Dimitri L. Lucas and the black guy who tips Rod and Karen um, I don't think I'm at all as in funny as them but I would hope I would be at least as engaging as they are but the idea of wasting time is so not me so maybe as I get more credibility I will get ooh, I will be able to do a shout out to places like um, Domiashi Ramen because that's who I'm eating right now um, and I have a little dog Ethel that is getting a lot of admiration as we both got out to stretch our legs and pee. She actually had an admirer. And I'm so grateful that I also did something that I had never done before. I actually uh, gave her some Benadryl to calm her down a little bit. I think that actually helped her for the um, part of the trip. I'll probably redose her right around noon. But she's also doing well. So this part is basically uh, what I um, have a problem or people that I actually have problems with some of the shenanigans that they say. You know, you want people to do dumb shit, but they don't have to re record it or tell us about it. I would like them to lead us off, leave us off of the group text if they can, but it doesn't seem like some of the people have not. I talked about Isaiah Washington earlier. I've added, and I'm going to talk briefly about the Virginia governor, um, Yonkin, who I think is a MAGA, and call him affectionately MAGA, in um, khakis. He is the governor, Republican governor of Virginia, and he is doing some foul shit by spreading misinformation about the uh, COVID boosters. He's a in the Virginia pilot, and I quote, 
of the pandemic is behind us and the rights of parents matter because to them the COVID vaccine should be optional. Um, no, it isn't. There's really not a new mandate. They're just adding it to the uh, vaccination or immunization schedule now that it's we've moved out of emergency use. COVID is here. COVID will kill. Get your fucking vaccination and leave medical practice to the professionals. Leave science to the people that can understand it. Yonkin and the yahoos that are like him don't understand it. So I'm not going to be able to listen to you. But I'm going to continue to eat this ramen, though, because this show is good. Also, the people that are watching, we are watching the demise of Kanye. And we got some very powerful black and Jewish people that are coming out against him because he's doing the most. And we're watching literally what he has worked hard to build in the last 20 years come undone as he becomes undone. My problem with this guy is, yes, I believe his mother did have a big factor of keeping him on his meds when she was alive, but he was also 15 years younger. And he respected her enough probably to stay stable. He is in a definite mental health crisis, but it doesn't excuse his anti-Semitism, his anti-Black rants. I hope the Floyd estate gets all of the coins because he's talking reckless, speaking recklessly about the death of that young man. He needs to get all 250 million and they need to get all 250 million and more. Also, anyone that is just getting him on your show for clicks and everything, you need to be ashamed of yourself. Drink Champs, you've been doing so well, but I don't think you want to be sued or named. I don't think in a lawsuit that is surely coming, and I don't think you want to be canceled as Ari Emanuel from the Endeavor Talent Agency and Management has called him out for his food, has requested that other big name companies call his ass out. He is so, he is far gone. He's having some issues. He won't take his meds unless someone gets the guts to baker act his ass and get him on a good depot to stabilize his mood, this episode or whatever he is in. But everybody just wants to profit. But it's more than profit. This is more about just going buck wild. And we've known this. He's been wilding for a number of years. But it isn't until recently that y'all are basically telling now y'all are getting ready to hit him in his pockets. He fought to be on. This is Kanye fought to be on the Forbes list of wealthiest. And he's getting ready to see how fast that was just a couple of years ago. So stupid. 
Now we're going to see how fast he's going to fall from that to Skid Row. I think it's going to be uh, very entertaining. But I don't think we've heard the end of it yet. And it almost makes me feel sorry for this brother. I'm just happy that I get to add somebody that is non-black, non-brown to the list. But I know the day is absolutely young. Also, Yuri Martinez, the ex-chairman of the L.A. City Council, some they there was a good read, a mass, a masterful read on the read um, just this past week's episode. I appreciate Kid Fury and um, Crystal because they keep it real and they keep it entertaining. They have their own struggles, but they're actually getting help. And anytime they bless us with that show, I'm completely grateful. I could never do what they do, but I completely admire them. I am a Reed Stan. But at the end of the show where they're doing the listeners let the uh, crystal pass the read this week and the read by this person was just right on point how. And I don't know if because I don't really watch the news like that. There's other things that I absolutely keep uh, in the forefront or I've been concentrating on. But it appears that they had a, um, a public comment where they marched a bunch of people marched down. Only black and brown people marched down to the L.A. Council. And then they stopped letting people in. And then the peop- other people that were in the room like during the taping as Yuri was on her racist shit. Um. They were booed and hissed out of the chambers. Some people are quitting, have since quit. And some people are going to have to be voted out. But she was sitting in a public forum being uh, homophobic, anti-Semitic, and racist. All in the same breath. Only in America could would that shit be tolerated because that was taped last year and they now are just doing something about it. To the people that sat in the meeting with her and let her speak that way and didn't check her and then just went on like that's usual business because that's how I'm sure they used to operating. Shame on you. And for Yuri Martinez, shame on you. You are not a beacon of hope, not a pillar of community, not a pillar or a scion of molding for any Latina girl because you ain't shit. That's basically the gist of the read. But the author of that listener's letter from that Crystal read um, with her inflections, you got to listen to it. And I'll actually have that clip within my podcast notes for you can listen to it, it 
of your entirety, but you can listen to the read um, the entire episode on Podbeam or wherever you listen to your podcast. It is really sad that the only reason that you make this list is because you are a donkey or anybody knows of your of your status is because you are a donkey. Well, I've added to my list and kept some other people on it. Number one added to the list is Nori Martinez. She was the president of the council for LA. She had to be removed and I was like, why did she resign? Why did she resign after making racist remarks? But then I was like, oh, okay. So what did she say? So it took a couple of clicks in news and the LA Times basically said she had a tape conversation evidently in an open meeting stating a white council member handled his young black son as though he were an accessory and described councilman Mike Bonin's son as a Parisi chinquito or like a monkey. All right, girl. I'm not sure if you can get fired from the council in LA, but that that shit will get you fired or at least get you censured or boycott your ass by the NAACP. Evidently, she forgot she is brown and other two. But that's what people do when they are affected by white supremacy and under the influence of racists. They feel that they are comfortable because they're not as dark as me to say some BS stuff like this in an open setting. Who does that except for in this post-Trump time? Herschel Walker, when you got other people like the Georgia's Republican Lieutenant Governor said he's gonna save his vote uh, from him, I hope when, but there's nothing that can change the fact that Republican equates to fascism, it, it equates to racist, it, it equates to dumbasses. This one lone Republican basically saying he's not gonna vote is a recipe for people like McConnell and old in the closet Lindsey Graham coming after him and basically maybe he knows he's on his way out because they're it I really think that they getting ready to flip Georgia blue with the election of Senator Warnock for a longer US Senate term and they're so desperate the Republicans, that is, are so desperate to basically flip the Senate that they would support a CTE dumbass like Herschel Walker, who basically stands for nothing and is out and out lying. He is a uh, abuser. He's hiding kids. And he basically has done the reverse of everything he says he stands for now. So he'll be on my list for a minute, along with every Republican like the Lindsey Grahams and, and, War, and um, uh, Mitch McConnell's. And also I kept the um, Cardassian followers um, on my list. But besides that, I wanna give everybody that 
has thinks that they're registered because they're purging voter uh, ballot rolls, etc. You can go ahead and navigate to my Dells Angels Inc. blog and check um, the link and your to see what the status is of your voter registration at vote.org. Um, and we got to vote this coming midterm um, elections like our lives depend on it. But check your registration, y'all. And in Georgia, y'all can't F this up. Uh, vote Warnock for senator. Vote Stacey Abrams and her and a new administration in because y'all have to be the beacon of reason in the South. Um, also, Texas is another thing. Beto O'Rourke be doing some stupid, has been saying crazy stuff, but you can't leave people like Greg Abbott in charge. Also here in Tennessee, um, we don't need um, that other cape hood wearing governor of mine um, to also vote to also be another six years of shenanigans. I, I'm just floored by the level of just depravity and fascism that's going on in my state. I've been shaking my head for a long time. They've actually stopped gender affirmation care um, at Vanderbilt, leaning into the pressure of a bunch of conservative and Republican um, senators. Y'all just making it too easy for me to get the hell up out of here. Doing basic maintenance on my house in a place that I thought was going to be my forever home. I'm looking at all y'all sideways because it's becoming more and more uncomfortable. And I'm having less and less reason besides no state income tax um, to stay in Tennessee. But y'all crazy. And also... Kanye, bruh, please just take your meds already. He's rambling on and showing porn uh, to Adidas representative. He's going off and on Lizzo and calling her weight problem demonic and just acting and wilding out. I have no reason at all to less reason to look at the news but y'all just making it way way too easy for me to keep adding y'all and doing follow-ups on things because it is obvious i'm glad they banded him from instagram and twitter and i'm sure with this last rant um on youtube they are he's basically he has to be breaking some rules on youtube um, they banned him from Instagram and Twitter because he'd made some anti-Semitic remarks about um, Puff Daddy of all people who I think reached out to him in his last break um, as his brother and only as another guy can. But saying he's being ruled by um, the Jewish people. I just, he is just so on one. I think he's a donkey, but I do not think he's in his right mind. Can somebody, they need to go see about him and consider a 72 hour hold somewhere and just evaluate him and see if they can talk this mug into being, get on some meds or some other 
mood stabilization because it appears with these pressure thoughts, flight of ideas, and randomness. There's no creative creativity um, that's worth all of this. There's no amount of money. He is on one full one. It appears that he is in a manic episode. Somebody needs to get him. And I don't know who that is, but somebody needs to get him. I would be concerned about him if I don't think that he's just on one and he's refusing care, but it is obvious that he is not capable of making an informed decision at this time. I just wish he would take his meds and get off of social media until he gets straight. I just wish that for him. Here's to another year down and several more to go. I really talked cash-ish all last year and condensed it down to several outtakes for this episode. I hope the listening audience will enjoy the opinion and not so subtle shade mean 2,000 listens per episode and over 87K downloads later. So I'm doing something right. So run, tell that haters. I may take it on the road. If I get hint, hint sponsorships, navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like and leave five-star reviews. It gets me to the top of the algorithms. And if it's not too trolly, I'll read it on the show. And continue to tell your friend and thank you all for listening. And cheers to 2023.